This is Dr. Jerry Jaffe, and welcome to The Comical Heathen. The Comical Heathen documents my investigations into the art and craft of religious satire. Every episode features an interview with a comedian or some other interesting person on the topic of religious satire. Today's episode features my conversation with Kevin Downey Jr. I was fortunate to catch Kevin right before he went on stage. We were at the Hollywood Casino in Mahoning, Ohio, and that explains the background noise you might hear. That show's booked by Carol Pennington, and I want to thank her for giving me access to Kevin before the show. Carol herself is a larger-than-life character in the world of comedy. She's great. Anyway, because Kevin was soon to take the stage, we had to keep it quick. So this interview is a little shorter than most of them. Still, I was so excited to catch him for a few minutes. A seasoned pro and, dare I say, world-class joke writer, you may know Kevin from his appearance on America's Got Talent. Also, he has recently entered the rotation of guest panelist on Fox's Red Eye, so he gives us a quick insight into what it's like on that show. He also contradicts my premise about stand-up comedy as a venue for religious pushback since September 11th. Instead, he thinks he sees less religious satire in recent years, and I'll let him explain why. He also tells us why he considers Doug Stanhope one of the best out there today. So that is what you can expect to hear on this upcoming interview. Now to my conversation with Kevin Downey Jr. Hello and welcome to today's episode of The Comical Heathen. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry Jaffe, and I've made it my mission to study and research religious satire. And along the way, I've been interviewing comedians, artists, actors, and other interesting people to get their opinion. And today, it is my pleasure to have with me one of my favorite comedians working today, recently on Fox's Red Eye, and also known for his appearances on America's Got Talent a couple of years ago. Welcome, Kevin Downey Jr. Thank you, Jerry. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you, Kevin, for doing this with me. Not at all. This is just a part of my free-ranging exploration of religious satire. I don't really have a strict agenda or list of questions. I'm just interested in any thoughts that you might have on the matter. So just so people know some context, I've seen you perform ten times over the past seven or eight years. I'm a big fan. I don't think of your act as really containing much religious satire normally. No, Is it, is it a topic little. that interests you or doesn't interest you? I have no problems with it. I used to do more. I don't do anything now that I can think of. I've mm -hmm. done some. If anything's going to piss someone off, it's going to be that. <laughs> um, I've had rednecks want to punch me over a couple of Jesus jokes. Nobody wants to get punched um, by a redneck? No. I mean, I have nothing against it. Mm -hmm. Although when you do that, you're, you're best you're best off doing that in a big city. Okay. That, where they tend to be a little more anti-religion right. rather than pro-religion. It's because you'll get away with it. I found college towns tend to be very open to religious... Like an Ann Arbor showcase. Uh, I've done shows in Bowling Green. Yeah, it's a, yeah, any sort of liberal, anything that leans left right. will laugh. If it's, if it's not impertinent of me, I'm just going to ask, because you mentioned, uh, did you really have a redneck want to punch you after telling a Jesus joke at yes. a show or after a show? Yes. Um, it was in uh, State College, Pennsylvania. Okay. And it wasn't even a joke making fun of Jesus. They just sure. heard Jesus. Sure. I had someone walk out. I had a table walk out in Appleton, Wisconsin, because I did a, a joke. I just said Jesus. I wasn't making fun of Jesus. She right. just laughed. He goes, you do not make fun of Jesus. And I said, I didn't. <laughs> if you listened to the joke, you would have heard I made fun of myself. Right. But they yes. just hear Jesus, and there's some people that... It's a hot button word. Yes. Yeah. Red flag goes off. Absolutely. Yep. 
It was yeah. a it was a silly joke. Just said, um, "Have you ever been so high that you see Jesus?" Right. I was. <laughs> um, I was gone, man, and I'm so high. Jesus walks into my apartment. I wasn't thinking. I said, "Hey, dude, close the door." What were you born in a barn? <laughs> and they just yeah, out. Yeah, absolutely. It's, and if you, I mean, if you actually pay attention to the joke, it's just about me being so high. I saw Jesus. Right. Absolutely. Which is, you're the one who's high, so. Right. I'm the dope. I, I'm assuming joke. it's your stoner friend has just walked in with a pizza. Oh, I hadn't right? even thought that far. You're hallucinating, like, that it's, you see a guy with long hair, yeah. hey, Jesus. I hadn't even thought that far <laughs> into the joke. But yeah. you have to be Jesus in your Jesus joke. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just something that simple. And they're, oh. Right. When you were a young comedian or a young comedy fan, were there any comedians who tackled religious satire in a way that you liked or thought was funny? Or? Um, I don't think so. Sure. I think, uh, no, there, I mean, George Carlin, obviously. Sure. I don't know if you know this, but a friend of mine, Kevin Bartini, wanted to get the block he grew up on designated George Carlin Way. Okay, I've never heard of this. It's, uh, what is it, 117th Street, maybe? Okay. Upper West Side, Manhattan. Okay. And there's um, a Catholic school on his block that right. he went to. Yes. And they said, well, you have to get permission from the school. They're involved. Oh, okay. And it's a Catholic school. They said, absolutely not. We will not. Like, he made so much fun of Catholicism. <laughs> so he had to move it down one block. <laughs> so it's not actually on the block where Carlin grew up because right. the, the church was still that cranky. <laughs> well, when you offend the big boys, yep. they don't forget. They don't. They have a long memory. They absolutely do not. Yep. Sure. Uh, is there anyone that you come across as a comedian, either famous or just road comics that you know who you think handle the topic well? Not a lot of people are doing religious stuff now. Right. That uh, that little genre of comedy seems to have disappeared. Not entirely. I'm sure there are people doing it. Sure. But there's no one that stands out as doing anything. I mean, when you do religious stuff, it's like political. You stand to lose half the crowd. Right. But it's, it's worse than political because, I mean, if you're making fun of Donald Trump or you're making fun of Hillary... You'll lose half the crowd. That's just right. the way it goes. But if you're making fun of Jesus, you will lose them, and they will hate you <laughs> and just want to hurt you. Some of them. Sure. If you run the risk anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. I mean, if you have a great joke, I, I'd say I'd be all for it. But just have to. Know, there's certain places it's not going to work. Is there something that a great joke needs, or just as long as it gets laughs, it's worth trying? No. If you have a great joke, and it's about Jesus, bombs away. <laughs> I mean. Um, What's his face? Uh, who's the guy that died in the car? I can't believe it. I can't think of his name. Oh! oh. No, back uh, like Don, Don years Kennison. Ago. Kennison, thank you. Yeah. He did great sure. religious humor. He was a preacher of some sort. Yes. He came so from he a family a, of preachers. Yeah, he had a lot to fall back on. He knew what he was talking about. Right. <clears throat> he had some great religious jokes. Right. And the religious people hated him. Right. Well, you mentioned, you know, s satire, similarities to political satire, political jokes. You were, uh, at the time of this recording, you were just recently, like a, a week ago or le less, on Fox's Red Eye mm -hmm. panel show, doing social commentary. Mm -hmm. Just What was that like? How'd that go for you? That was so much fun. As we're walking out, I actually, the guests are walking out single file. I actually started laughing <laughs> to myself because I'm walking out to do a TV show with Lou Dobbs. Yes. He's behind me. I saw that. He's sitting next to me. And I'm just sitting there going... I'm doing a show with Lou Dobbs. This I, is hysterical. I actually wish Lou Dobbs would shut up a little bit. I wanted more Kevin Downey Jr. You know what? I was, uh, I'm was i a sniper on those shows. Okay. I just, or radio. When I do radio, I'm just a sniper. Right. 
And I mean, I'm not going to interrupt Lou Dobbs <laughs> or, or the head of the C, former head of the CIA. Right. I just waited for them to call me and made my made my joke. Do you have or whatever. an approach for a show like that? I mean, do you do writing? Are you improvising? You How much get, review do you do? They send you the topics of the show at 3:30. Okay. You have to send them what you're going to say about these topics by 6:30. Okay. And they send a car to pick you up. And you can rewrite if you want, but you've already sent what you're going to say. Okay. They just want to have an idea. You don't even have to stick to it verbatim. They just want to sure. know what your point of view is on these topics. So that sure. the guy, the host, Tom Shalhoub, he's got to know you know, where approximately you're going. Sure. So he goes, all right, I'll ask, you know, when it comes to this topic, I'll ask Lou Dobbs first. And I yeah. know it's going to feed into what Downey has to say. Sure. So help him orchestrate the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Excellent. I know your Facebook feed certainly got some hits. Have you gotten much feedback from the show, from being on the show? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it went really well. And as soon as we were done, everyone went, wow, man, that was great, you guys. It was great. Yeah. And the, the best show of the week gets rerun on the weekends. Right. So, and it was ours that got rerun. Okay. So they reran it <laughs> several times on the okay. weekend. I, it's something like this, you just pick up a lot of Twitter followers and sure. Facebook followers who now want to, you know, okay. j- jump on to join the arguments. Yeah, I mean, I don't... I guess you know the the Facebook the social media term is sheeple. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, when I'm watching panel shows, I'm sitting with my phone. Like as soon as someone says something interesting, I start following them on Twitter. Like oh yeah, I'm yeah. Like, just following well, along. They put it right Twitter. there. Like yes. it'll say at Kevin yes. Downey Jr. <laughs> well, we're at the uh, beautiful Hollywood Casino in Mahoning. This wonderful Thursday night show produced by Carol Pennington. Yes. And the show's going to start in a couple of minutes, so I don't want to keep you from the show. Okay, Let me just ask you one you. last quick question. Yeah, yeah. Any thoughts on religious satire? Just nothing, something that hasn't come up yet? Something you want to get off your chest or opinions you have? You know what? I wouldn't mind seeing more. It's just one of those things, you know, things come in and out of style. Yes. And that's not in style right now. And it could be, again, right. all it's going to take is one comic to have one special. Sure. And then, like... And especially in New York City, when David Tell was huge, and he's still huge, but when he was at his zenith, yes. the city was crawling with David Tell wannabes. Sure. Before sure. that, it was Todd Berry, and then it was Bill Hicks wannabes. Uh, Stan sure. Hope has great religious jokes. He's still okay. doing them. Okay. And Excellent. then, and the country is crawling with Stan Hope wannabes. Right. Stan Hope's doing great religious stuff. I saw him. I went to the taping of one of his specials. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, so I'd like to make fun of Jews for a while. This is New York City. Okay. And everyone went, ooh, ooh, and they meant it. And he goes, oh, really? He goes, I did two CDs on Christians. You think Jews get a pass? And then they laugh. But he called them on it. Right. Like, oh, you can't make fun of Jews. Oh, yes, I guess you can. But then that was great. And then he, he was, he's one of the best. I mean, I, I, I saw him live the day his two best friends died. Oh, my goodness. One died in the hospital, and then one, and then the husband went home and killed himself. Oh, And Stan boy. Hope's second home which was next to his and he still went on right just slaughtered he was doing jokes about his dead friends he was amazing but his his religious stuff is is probably well he's known i've not seen him live he has a reputation for riling up his audiences and turning them against him and things like that yeah oh yeah yeah the um youtube is full of people like who (laughs) pay to see him and then attack him and then he slams him and shuts him down everyone screams (laughs) i think he likes that stuff all right. Well, thank you very much, Kevin. Thank you. Break a Thanks, Jerry. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. This is your host again, Dr. Jerry Jaffe. Short and sweet, like my wife, but a fun little conversation with Kevin Downey Jr. Kevin is one of the best out there. I almost can't believe someone threatened to punch him over a joke. 
But we have to remember, comedy is live, and sometimes things go down. It can be a crazy world. I posted a link to George Carlin Way if you want to look it up. And I think that Kevin's observation about trends is really thought-provoking. Rather than thinking about religious satire post-September 11th as a movement or reaction, thinking of it as a trend might change the narrative of my book considerably. Before we finish up today, I'd like to make a quick trip over to the rabbit hutch. Me and my wife are rabbit enthusiasts, and we keep some beautiful rabbits, Kevin Bacon and Newton. And I've noticed that one of the last uses for old-fashioned paper newspapers is lining the bottom of rabbit cages. That's what we do. A funny thing happens while doing that. I come across a lot of headlines. It's like I've gone back to reading the newspaper, but only at the bottom of rabbit cages. And there's one type of headline that really stands out to me. I see a lot of historical or factual misinformation out there about religion in newspapers and other news outlets because of the way most reporters treat stories about religion as soft journalism. And because of that, without even doing too much digging, you can find a lot of actual either questionable or indeed factual errors in some reporting on religion. Whenever I find any examples of this, I have to set the record straight because it's good for our souls to know things. And so, I'd like to pull a headline out of the bottom of the rabbit hutch. I said in the last episode how I might tell you how Kevin Bacon got her name. Oh, did I mention Kevin Bacon is a girl? That's another story. But since I just interviewed my friend Kevin Downey Jr., let me assure you that our rabbit is not named after him. And our rabbit is also not named after the actor Kevin Bacon either, although I do think he is a great actor. Nope. Our Kevin Bacon is named after the alien Roger on American Dad. Anyway, I see underneath their big rabbit feet a headline from a local publication from the Cleveland area called Today's Family. This is one of those free magazines every city has with parenting advice and stories about the local science museum. Well, the cover story on this particular edition is Keeping the Faith. Spiritual guidance can help you raise more thoughtful children. The first thing I thought after seeing that headline was, Whoa, Nelly! Why is a trite little family rag doing such a heavy, serious topic for its cover story? The answer is simple, my friends, because it turns out they weren't. This article is one of the fluffiest I've ever seen on the topic of religion. For one thing, can I point out that the headline is poorly written? Spiritual guidance can help you raise more spiritual children? More? More spiritual children? Sure, if you're a Catholic, Mormon, or Amish, and your God tells you that you have to have more children. Sure, in those cases, following your God's advice could definitely result in you having more children. That could be considered technically true, if that is what the headline writer meant. However, I suspect that what they meant is something more like, if parents take their children to church, will those children be more moral than non-church-going kids? That is a much tougher and more interesting question to tackle, let's face it. As befits the soft journalism that characterizes these types of stories, they interview two local experts, a nun and a pastor. Way to go out on a limb, fellas. You might be surprised to discover that these two experts confirm the bias of the article. This would be like asking a drug dealer if taking drugs is fun, and then reporting that drug dealers say, taking drugs is fun. Let's face it, 
this article makes no effort to be objective, which is evident by the lack of asking any other experts besides these two. So in the interest of balance, here are three quick points that our journalist could have found out for themselves in five seconds if they bothered to look into it. For one thing, in 2005, Gregory S. Paul published an article called <clears throat> Cross-National Correlations of Quantifiable Social Health with Popular Religiosity and Secularism in the Prosperous Democracies. That is a mouthful, and I'll include a link to the article if you want to look it up. But in a nutshell, Paul attempts to collect data about things like drug use, prison populations, and other societal ills, and compare or correlate them to the religiousness of each country. And what he found is that the more religious a country is, the worse off they are in these various social ills. It's pretty wild. You should check it out. Now, right now, I'm just listing three quick examples that counter the conclusions of this fluff piece, and my only goal is to show that the author did a very poor job of treating the subject. Two more quick examples. One includes that many sociologists have pointed out the paradox that the vast majority of inmates in American prisons are religious. Crime rates among atheists are the lowest demographic in the country. And third, I would point out that evolutionary biologist and commentator on religion Richard Dawkins suggests that children are not born religious, that they must learn it. Thus, there is no such thing as a religious child. I'm sure that some families or some individuals might benefit from the moral teachings that their religion offers. The possibility of that is not what I'm noticing here. What I'm reacting against is the shoddy journalism in this article in which the author asserts, Keeping the faith, spiritual guidance can help you raise more thoughtful children. And that is what I found underneath the feet of Kevin Bacon and Newton at the bottom of the rabbit hutch. Since I consider misinformation a sin, I call this misinformation. Whenever I see examples of misinformation, I have to speak out. I'm not trying to ruin anybody else's good time, but hey, it's not about your dogma. It's my karma, and I'm all about spreading the love. Having said that, it just remains for me to thank Kevin Downey Jr. for being our guest on The Comical Heathen. I want to thank Kevin Bacon and Newton for inspiring me to continue to read newspaper headlines. The lovely Bach organ music you hear during the show is played by my friend Mark Bell. If you enjoy our music, you can purchase Mark's CD online. I want to thank you for listening, and I hope you'll join us again. I'm Dr. Jerry Jaffe. Thank you.